the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, greetings. Good afternoon to you. Thanks for coming along today. We're excited, Kath, are we not? We cannot thank you enough. This family, uh, the Ride Home family, just came through in glorious form yesterday. We closed out our campaign with Food for the Poor. Um, We got um, way more support than we even expected. Yeah. And we just want to say thank you. Thank you. I mean, thank what? You, thank it's you. just an unbelievably generous group of people. Oh, uh, um, consistently so kind. Yeah, thank so you generous, so much. And so thanks for The truth of the matter is, you're going to feed a lot of kids. Yeah. I mean, a that, lot of kids. That's, so the, thank re- you for that's that. the reality of it. And, you know, for those of us who've been in situations where we know what without water looks like, mm. you know, the thought that that much money will be invested in new water systems is pretty outstanding yeah, super cool so thanks yeah. an awful lot food for the poor all right kath um uh it's um what days is here i mean what you now you're pushing me no no i'm just i'm no, just asking what, now you're taking over i'm just asking i mean i'm pretty pushing. sure i get to decide when this happens <laughs> john oh, may i be the first one to tell oh, you he's totally pushing <laughs> oh, maybe the first one to tell you john tell me <laughs> your weekend has begun oh how surprising oh. five minutes past the four o'clock hour on a friday afternoon oh how about that well, that's Are a you live reeling version. in the ears? Oh, that's a good song. That's my song. Oh. No, that's a live version, which is totally different than the studio version. That's pretty good. Who? Is that Jackson Brown? No, it's Steely Dan. Steely Dan. Okay. That's good. That's good. Isn't that driving forward? Yeah, I like that. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's the song that if I like would have a song that I go, pump me up, get me up. It's that one. Mm -hmm. Is that right? That if you hear the studio version of that song, uh yeah, that's that a great opening. Yes. That mm-hmm. o- guitar uh, riff opening—that's mm-hmm. fabulous. Mm-hmm. I love. I'm a I'm an old Dan fan from way back. Sure. Yeah. All right. I, I support that. Yeah. And what's uh, so? If you were going to pick a song that would pump you up. Well, I, I mean, I don't think you can ever go wrong with Earth, Wind, and Fire. I mean, even their ballads pump me up, which ballads. tells you why they're such a good group. But you have to go with September. September. Oh. I mean, I I just don't think it gets any better than September. We can't play that. Oh, why? That's my song. What they play? She, you the, play his song, but not my song. You know what? The needle just broke on the record player. Oh, that's what, what happened. What kind of radio station is the this? needle broke on the record player? We are so sorry. My song is better than your song, and now we're not going to hear it. No, wait. Let's <laughs> what, all take a minute and imagine. All of a sudden, September. it becomes like a competition. Do you what the heck? I'm just trying to think of it, yeah. you know, so that I can get it in my head. Okay, sorry. My promise. You got nothing. Okay, our internet's down, actually. How so, does that work? I, I don't know. But, Mike, so when fragile. our internet comes back up, would you play my favorite song? Maybe. What if it never comes back up? <laughs> Who 
brought you a Friday treat? Yes, I'll do it. Thank you. <laughs> That's going to melt. Oh, no, it's not going to melt. No, no, no. It's not going to melt. Uh, uh, Forbes magazine today. A ranking of all 30 of Major League Baseball's ballparks, first to worst. Yeah, I wish I could say I was excited about hearing this. Because I'm not. You should be excited. I'm not. You should be excited. You're the one that's been telling me, yapping even, about how it's spring, Kathy. You should be happy. I I don't care that it's 11 inches of snow and it's 25 degrees. But seriously, you should be thrilled. I mean, if the Pirates chose to field a competitive team, it'd be more than the view and the bobbleheads. Now, did you notice that the Pirates have had more offensive output than any team in Major League Baseball in spring training? Yeah, here's the deal. Spring training. Listen. Okay, it's spring training. Why do you go through these vast emotional no, pendulum inv- swings. If you would know me over a certain amount of time. Yeah, I have known you that, over, okay, for over a certain number of There are very time. strong markers. Now, you haven't known me like 30, 40 years. That's true, I haven't. So when you look at the, you know, the arc of a baseball fan's life and the suffering that goes on here in western Pennsylvania, clearly you would understand a little deeper. All right, do you want me to give you something to be excited about or not? Go ahead. Thank you. Mari Brown writes for Forbes magazine. Uh, He chooses a particular methodology for ranking Mm. U.S. ballparks. He says he looks at the overall aesthetics of the ballpark design, Mm. including integration with additional structures, such as in Baltimore and San Diego. It's setting the visuals from within the seating bowl or surrounding Mm -hmm. views, the amenities offered there, Mm. historic relevance, and external development that adds to the experience. Okay. Would you like to hear the top Five yes. ballparks in America. In ascending order. You would like us to start with number five? Yes. PNC Park. What? PNC Park comes in at number five. Just number five? That's I was what, expecting fully to be the number one spot. Grateful. What? I'm not I'm totally grateful. Listen, I was expecting I want to ask more. if you've been to any of the other ones. I've not been to any of the other ballparks. Okay. okay, PNC in the top five. Yeah. PNC Park, he says, has a view that might be the most stunning in all of baseball. True. With a view of the iconic Roberto Clemente Bridge and downtown. True that. Okay, so that's number five. Okay. Uh, number four is Dodger Stadium. Uh, yes. Have you been no, there? I have not. Okay. Dodger Stadium, he says, with its classic view of Chavez Ravine and the fact that it feels modern, despite being the third oldest ballpark in all of Major League Baseball. Decades ahead of its time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then in third place, we have Bush Stadium. Mm-hmm. Bush Stadium, thanks to the incredible views of the Gateway Arch in downtown St. Louis. Have yep. you been there? Yes, I have. Oh, and what did you think of that? Very nice stadium. Is it? Yeah, lovely. And oh. the, the fans are fabulous and the most knowledgeable and rabid fans in all of uh, MLB. Well, it's so nice of you to mm-hmm. say that. It's true. Different than Atlanta. Okay. Uh, number two, we have Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Been there. Lovely stadium. Lovely. Really? Yes. It was the first of the old-fashioned right. new stadiums. Right. I remember. That's Highly one. recommended. Yeah. yeah. I had family living in Annapolis. We'd go visit. Uh, this uh, writer says, has the signature b warehouse against right field, just mm-hmm. a few blocks off Inner Harbor, yep. pure beauty. Number one at the top of his list is AT&T Park in San Francisco, home of the Giants, where Andrew McCutcheon yeah. and uh-huh. Mark Melanson are. Enough said about them? Yeah. Yep. Have you ever been there? Uh, I have not. No. No. I'd, I was, uh, however, in Candlestick. At Candlestick Park. Yes. Now, I heard that that was terrible. It was crazy. Was it weird with the wind and everything? <laughs> yeah, it was built like on like, you know, a bluff that was uh, like the tornado was your next yeah. door neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. strange thing. Yeah, yeah. It was cold. Yeah. Well, apparently, um, AT&T Park is not cold. He says it's a gem. It has a mm. great view of downtown. There's lots of activity around the ballpark. And you can even go there on a trolley. Really? Very nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He said summer days there are the greatest in baseball. Can't go there anytime soon. Why? Because Kutch is there. I can't go and see Kutch like in 
Well, I still want to support him as a person, just yeah, because the pirates. When he comes to town, you're going to come to see him play when the Giants. Come. They might even come like once a year. That would be so depressing. So. Have you seen the pictures of him in a Giants looks, uniform? He's very pretty. Of course he does. Very, he looks good in any uniform, yes, but that's appalling. Yeah. That's just it's. It should never have happened. Yes. Should never have happened. Anyway, we have got a great show ahead. We truly in the, do. In the um, five o'clock hour, we'll talk to the distinguished Dr. Richard Mao. Yes. But this hour, we're going to talk about Mr. Rogers. We're going to talk to producer Jerry Hughes as we honor the fiftieth anniversary of. Uh, and by the way, it's my favorite song. Yeah. We're going to talk to Jerry, who's a huge TV producer and friend of Mr. Rogers, and in studio in just a little bit, in a little bit, PBS's WQED's Rick Seaback. We'll talk to Rick all the stuff that he remembers about Mr. Rogers. Thanks so much. It's the Friday edition of The Ride Home. You're invited to stick around. Please do. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New New music from Need to Breathe, Walking on Water. More Than Anything by Natalie Grant. And My Feet Are on the Rock by I Am They. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Crisis. It impacts everyone. It's personal. Crisis is inevitable. Nothing like this has ever happened to me before. How will you respond to those who are hurting? The Billy Graham Rapid Response Team invites you to a Sharing Hope in Crisis seminar. This one-day event's being held in Swickley at Christ Church at Grove Farm on Saturday, April 14th. It's sponsored by Project Pray Pittsburgh. You can find more information at billygram.org slash RRT. That's billygram.org slash RRT. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeo Athletics to Fine Arts, Service Activities, and more, Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. It's an amazing song. You know, I've never told anybody my story. From Irwin Brothers Entertainment comes I Can Only Imagine. When I was uh, 11 years old, life was tough. See the film that everyone's talking about. The story behind the beloved song that inspired millions. My dad was a monster, and I saw God transform him, so I wrote this song for my dad. I can only imagine. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Now playing. Go to ICanOnlyImagine.com. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 4646 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4646. Camping in the Great 
get outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. If God has birthed a vision in your congregation to reach more people for Christ, then I'd like a minute of your time. This is Tom Lemon, General Manager of Word FM. You see God moving through your ministry. We see Him moving through the ministries of this radio station. It's our desire to expand the amount of local programming that we air on Word FM. And that's why we're meeting right now with local pastors who are passionate communicators of God's Word, pastors who deserve a wider audience. You may qualify to fill one of the limited openings we have available. Alongside outstanding national preachers and teachers like David Jeremiah, John MacArthur, and Charles Stanley, you'll be in great company. If the Spirit is calling you to expand your influence, I want to invite you to pick up the phone and call 412-937-1500. Ask for General Manager Tom Lemon. I'd love to discuss your broadcast future here on Word FM. That's 412-937-1500. Let's face it, we love Alexa. And we'd love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. She could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the Word Pittsburgh skill. And after she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the Word Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do. And Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. Word 101.5. Hey, Lisa, I've been seeing those pics you post of you and your family at all those fun events. What gives? Oh, VetTix. What's VetTix? VetTix is an amazing charity that gives free event tickets, like concerts, sporting events, and shows, to currently serving military vets and their families, and to the immediate families of troops killed in action. We have extra tickets sometimes. Can I donate them? Yes. Just go to vettix.org. You can give your extra tickets, and other vets like me can sign up to get them. What a great way to give back. And listen, thank you for your service. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Of course, you know that voice. It's Mr. Rogers. Today at the WQE studios, uh, studios, on the very stage where Mr. Rogers' show was produced, was an unveiling of the United States Postal Service stamp honoring Mr. Rogers and the 50th anniversary of the start of the show. Here to talk to us about that, he was the MC today, is Rick Seaback. Rick Seaback, of course, is Mr. WQED, producer, director, <laughs> writer, narrator. He is live with us in studio. Rick, always a pleasure, my friend. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. We're always so excited when you come in here, Rick. Oh, it's a beautiful day. It yeah. is a beautiful day. <laughs> and, you know, we watched you on Facebook Live this morning because of the big unveiling of the Mr. Rogers stamp in honor of the 50th anniversary of his first show. Right. And, I, I you know, I said there, and I, I you know, I don't think I'll ever know anyone else in my life that became a stamp. No. I don't think so. No. The John and Kathy stamp. It's years no. away, right? <laughs> yeah. Years. You may be next in line. Yeah, you're for sure a lot uh, no, further no, I, along I, in line than we are. And actually, uh, they even before it began, they had said, everyone who's involved in the presentation, in the dedication ceremony, is asked to come out into the what we call the concourse of QED, the lobby there okay. in front of, by the studios. Yeah. 
and participate in a signing session because all the stamp collectors who come, especially for a first-day issue, like to get everyone's signature who was there on stage to mm. you know, sort of verify that they were there yeah. at the event. I see. This and is like super stamp geekdom. Exactly right. And I asked one of them, like, who else in Pittsburgh is a stamp? You know, is there an H.J. Hines stamp? Right. Is there an Errol Garner stamp? Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. No, they didn't know of any other. I mean, except None. Lena Horn. Okay, got and it. Lena Horn isn't, she wasn't born here, but she lived here for a while. Sure. So I, I, I count her. I think that's a good one. Lena Horn is a stamp. But other than that, they weren't, no one came up with another name. Right. So it could be really something special. Well, and the Postmaster General was here. She was. I mean, that's a big honor. Yeah. She is the first female uh, Postmaster General. And, uh, you know, she followed another Postmaster General from Pittsburgh, Pat oh, Donahoe. Who was also in, in attendance. Yes, he was That's there right, with he was his there family. As well. yeah. I was going to say, so, yeah, I thought he so was So we're there. watching this, and I said to Kath, I believe that Benjamin Franklin was a Postmaster General. Right? I think so, you're right. I think, I think he, he was started the, the yeah, Postal Service. The so the lineage, right? There's like 76. So we're, we're sitting here Pennsylvania proud, right? How about yeah. that? All right, so talk about your morning. So so the, the stamp has been unveiled, it and has. we have honored Mr. Rogers in a unique way for Pittsburgh. Oh, my goodness. I, brought, oh. I mean, I brought some souvenirs. I mean, I have, fabulous. I, I'm not giving you anything. Oh, no, showing. But we're looking. Yeah, that's it. So, like, you know, here's the little folder. And actually, here's the thing that all the philatelists wanted. Good word. To Philoth- philatelists. Philatelists. That's a person who collects stamps. Uh-huh. P-H-I-L-A-T-E. E-L-I-S-T, mm-hmm. philatelist. But that's not the word they had in the script. I got a script from the Postal Service that I had to read. And the word that they had used was, you know, after the thing, you may go out into the lobby and purchase stamps and first day of issue memorabilia and other philatelic items. <laughs> Whoa. Philatelic. So you can turn it into an adjective if you have to. So not philatelic. But philatelic. <laughs> Sounds like a whole different story. <laughs> philatelic. But, you know, it's funny. You can go online now and put in pronounce and the word. Yes. And you'll get yes, like which is YouTube very things where there's – yes. Yeah, we've only done that about a thousand times. <laughs> yes. Continue to but do so. I could I, – I looked at a bunch of them last night when I saw this word philatelic. And so I started listening. And there's a, those things don't even agree no, with how that's to say a problem. It. That's and, the problem. Uh, and in England, they sell it, say it differently than we do. So anyway, there's this nice little folder, and it comes with the Oh, isn't that – isn't this wonderful? Oh, this is – I had heard so much about this, and I never got one. Oh. This is the invitation to the event. Oh, my gosh. It's, King, it's, Friday. It, it's King Friday. It's like King Friday as a paper doll is what this is, but it's a card. No. What? It's a puppet. What? That's even – Better. See, you can put your hand up in it, and it's, oh, it's King Friday. Friday. Okay, so it's and like if a you pa- have a kid hand, like you can really get it up. It's like a 3D paper doll. Right. Wait, so this is part of the brochure or the purchase when you get the stamps? Well, I didn't get one in the mail, but certain people from Warhol yeah, yeah, well, did, did get those in the mail. That is so cool. And... Um, so I'm looking. Rick, Rick's given me this little uh, Fred Rogers uh, commemorative forever stamp little... Folio, so to speak. And there's a wonderful photo. I'm sure you've seen it if you've been online in the last month or so. But it is Fred Rogers with Daniel Striped Tiger. Right. It but, is the greatest photograph. But that is not the stamp. No. No, it is not the stamp. And we were King surprised Friday by these. The right. Stamp. And, the, and the, the stamp is also wonderful. But, you know, yes. Daniel Striped Tiger being my favorite, I'm partial to So, Rick, did but, anybody talk about that? Why King Friday? No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. But, well, John and I talked about it. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, um, why? Well, because well, I thought I mean, he's the most important. He's the guy. king. Yeah, he's the king. Well, I mean, he had the warm. He had a warm heart, but he was a little stiff. I actually thought I wondered about it myself too, because you know now there's Daniel Stripe and Tiger animated yeah. on PBS, right. and uh, you know I thought well, no, they maybe, but maybe they just like this picture better, or it fit the stamp format. Mm-hmm. Better. That could be. Mm-hmm. Although this looks really similar, doesn't it? It yeah, really it does. does. Yeah. So we've got one photo that's the actual stamp, which and is these are mis- the stamps. and these are the stamps. This is Mr. Forever Rogers stamps. and King Friday. They are forever stamps, and they are forever stamps, and they're wonderful. So if you buy them now, you can use them. Forever. Forever. And then there's also a photograph here of Fred Rogers and Daniel. Very cool. With his watch on. One of the philatelists in line when I was signing all these things put these down. Oh, isn't that wonderful? I remember these. This is the 25th anniversary. Well, we just had the 50th anniversary of Mr. Rogers. And I was working at QED when they had these postcards there. And I said, well, I haven't seen one of those in such a long time. Now, that's really wonderful. And she had actually put a stamp on it and got the hand stamp first day of issue. Oh, my gosh. This Okay, so (laughs) so we're talking about a postcard that was was created for the 25th anniversary of Mr. Rogers. Who's the artist who created this? This Mm. is wonderful. It doesn't even say. This is a wonderful little – it's a drawing of, of all of the puppets. The neighborhood. And the trolley in the front. Lovely. That's really great. It's, uh, it's easy to get excited about stamps. And yeah. Mr. Rogers. <laughs> and by it? the way, you know, I'll, I'll do a little video. Burton at, Morris. I think that's a Burton Morris. Yeah, we'll do, a little, we'll do a little video with Rick and we'll post it later so you can see these things. Okay, yeah. Because it's hard on, on radio. You know what? As we talk, um, I remember buying Roberto Clemente stamps. Oh, so there's a okay. Oh, yeah. there's a right, of course. Yeah. Stamps, yeah. right. Should have thought of that. So I would think that this postcard uh, just developed internally by family communications, right? Family communications. I don't know, right? But they don't call it that. They're no longer family communications. After Fred died, they became the Fred Rogers Company. Oh, so um, so then, how did that work? What's the um, the producing? Uh, not that it means anything to anybody but us. I mean, I mean, so behind the scenes, Mister Rogers was originally produced by WQED. Yes. Now, I don't know exactly when FCI – well, actually, before it was FCI, it was called It's a Small World. Mm, huh. Yes. That was the first yes. producing arm. Well, it was just what Mr. Rogers called his company. I see. So he he did come back to Pittsburgh in 1953. He's from Latrobe. He had gone to school at uh, Dartmouth and then at Rollins College in Florida. Then he went uh, to New York City and he worked for NBC as a floor manager uh, in the studio. And when he heard that they were going to try and start a community-sponsored station, that's our, you know, little niche. We were the first community-sponsored educational television station in the country, which is hugely significant. It is hugely because mm-hmm. it really makes us the first public public television station. Right. They didn't call it public television then; they called it educational. Um, and there were two or three before us, but they were either connected to a university or to a state government. And I think the first one actually is in Dallas, hmm. um, which seems odd, but you yeah. know, yeah. Um, but here, this is standalone. This is this was a TV station where they went around with cans and knocked on people's doors and got them to give dimes, nickels, and quarters to make WQED. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure the foundations were involved as well, but they did do that sort of door to door, and lots of people remember that. I yeah, mean, you know, I remember giving nickels to WQED, so. Um, and that's so a, was, that's evolved into pledge. That, and <laughs> yeah, but that's that's a All great. Pledge. But that's what you were talking about with community. That's a great sense of ownership that Pittsburgh sure. had over what was going on at that time. Yeah. So it, I mean, and they really did. Fred and Josie Carey produced the first children's show. It was. It's funny because our our birthday at WQED is next sat, uh, next Sunday. It's mm. Easter Sunday this year is nice. the first of April, April Fool's Day, yeah. and. Uh, 
the birthday of WQED. How about that? So we'll be 64 years old. You know, WQED will be 64 wow. years old. That's a long time. And Fred actually came the year before that in 53 and worked with Josie Carey. They co-produced the first children's show, which was called Children's Corner. And you never saw Fred, or you rarely saw because Fred. Because he was the puppeteer at that point. He was the puppeteer. You know, he did various other things. And he and Josie wrote all the songs together. Mm. Um, because he was I, a music composition major. Exactly. He was, yeah. And uh, he played the piano, and he played the organ behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this story that he had to run from the organ because he played the opening music, and then he had to go be the puppet. <laughs> and so he had to run across the studio. And if he wore his hard-soled shoes... Uh, it would make a noise. And so, and so that's why he had to wear the Vans? So they were that's quiet? That's why he had to change his shoes when he got in the studio. Oh, that's great. And navy blue, the quietest color. I guess, yeah. Okay. That's fabulous. Hey, we need to take a quick break. Rick Seaback is with us. We're talking about today's commemoration of the Forever Stamp for Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So stay with us. We'll, be, we'll continue on in just a few minutes. Alive. It's such a happy feeling. You're growing inside. And when you wake up, ready to say... I think I'll make us. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Spring House. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our red Springhouse vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for a day with author, activist, and public theologian Brian McLaren on Wednesday, April 25th. A free workshop, Creating Communities of Spiritual Activism, or If I Were 26, What Kind of Church Would I Plant in 2018, will be held at 10 a.m. In the evening, a free public lecture titled How Our Churches Can Help Heal a Divided America will take place at 7 p.m. Registration required. Learn more at pts.edu. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Hey, Pittsburgh, the huge March sales event is going on right now at Calusi Chevrolet. Hi, this is Tunch Ilkin, and the best deals of the year are right now at Calusi. Now through the end of the month, you can get 0% APR financing for up to 72 months on select models or choose huge bonus cash savings over $10,000 on select models Silverados. Check them out online at Calusi.com. Serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Chevrolet, find new roads. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. 
Mostly clear and quite cold tonight, dropping down to a low of 16 degrees for tomorrow. Sunshine will be mixed with some clouds, high 41. Clear skies for tomorrow night, again a very cold night with a low of 18 degrees. Sunday we'll see plenty of sunshine, but remaining rather cold with a high of 39. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling you're growing inside. And when you wake up ready to say, I think I'll make Rick Seaback is with us live in studio. We're talking about today's unveiling of the United States postal stamp of Mr. Rogers, honoring the 50th anniversary of the start of his show. So, Rick, uh, we're fortunate here. I mean, Pittsburgh is so rich in its cultural heritage Mm -hmm. to have Mr. Rogers as sort of the the standard bearer for excellence in children's television. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, we are Mm -hmm. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Um, he actually grew up in in Latrobe. Um, He went away to school. Uh, He went to Dartmouth for a year and then to Rollins College in Florida. And then to NBC. He worked uh, at the NBC television studios in New York City. Um, with a lot of very famous people, um, Kate Smith. He did the Kate Smith wow. show, and God bless America. He always talks about um, oh, uh, one little buckaroo. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to remember the guy's name. Howdy Doody. No, not not Howdy Doody. Um, oh, it's the uh, it's a Western show. A guy showed Western movies. Okay, um, and Fred worked with him in the studio, and he, he it's very he very famously said. You know, how, how do you deal with, like, all those people out there that are watching you? And he said, Freddie, I only think of one little buckaroo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't believe I can think of it because it was mentioned this morning. Um, It'll come to you. Yes. And uh, then, um, you know, he uh, he came to Pittsburgh. He actually worked on also the very first – and this is like a landmark in television in New York when he was there at NBC. He worked on the original broadcast of Amal and the Night Visitors which was the first opera written for television oh, by cool. Giancarlo Minotti, the okay. yes. Italian composer. And it's, you know, sometimes you'll see them revive it for Christmas. It's a Christmas story, Amal and the Night Visitors. Hmm. Um, and then Fred came back to Pittsburgh in 1953 to help start WQED. He was the pioneer there at WQED um, when we were putting, trying to organize. And I mean, there were a lot of people involved, but uh, he and Josie, Met there. They had already hired her. She had appeared in something at the Playhouse and they really liked it, the Pittsburgh Playhouse. They had hired her and then Fred came, I think, a month later, he said. and uh, Put together as a team. They were put together as a team. Only to do specifically children's programming. To do a new children's show. Um, I don't know that we – I don't know. Do we have a children's show? Probably not. I don't think so. Um, There there may have been – I know this just because of other trivia work I do. I like to like Mm -hmm. ask trivia questions. But – at the time, WQED is the second television station in Pittsburgh. The only one that existed when they went on, when we went on the air was WDTV, mm-hmm. which was the precursor to KDKA. So the first station mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh and starts in 49, I think, is WDTV. One channel. One channel. That's all we had. <laughs> and that and, turned and into KDKA. That eventually becomes KDKA. I think when it started, it was channel three and then it became channel two. And, you know, the call letters were changed and all right, of that right. to match up with the radio station that was so famous here. So um, I do know that the very first television show from Pittsburgh was at the Syria Mosque and it was a variety show. And uh, I got to interview before he passed away Slim Bryant. And Slim Bryant lived in Dormont. He was 
the lead of Slim Bryant and the Wildcats. <laughs> you know, he was there. He was part of the very first wow. television History. program. Yeah, so oh, that is so cool. It's so nice to touch those. Isn't that you know, great? Yeah, uh, things as you go through. Isn't um, that great? So one station. I mean, you know, there's no program guide necessary. Um, it was, he even had a TV set in 1949. Well, they started actually, and I think the first time we saw television was at the county fair in oh, South Park. Okay, um, and like considerably before 49. So I think people knew it was coming, and it was it was already in New York probably, and I we see. heard about it. Um, and then uh, no no other station, and but it was Dumont Television. It wasn't one of the big things that we know now. It was the the it was WDTV for Dumont Television, and. They were able to cherry pick what they wanted. So if they liked the eight o'clock show on CBS, they would run that. And if they liked the nine o'clock show on NBC, they would run that. And so, you know, we got to see lots of things, but it was all on one channel. And right, you didn't that's where have the a idea. Choice. Netflix came one. Came <laughs> one. It was just, you had to start there. That's fabulous. And then um, in on April first, nineteen fifty four. So five years later, QED becomes the second station in town, hmm. and. Uh, Actually, I think in my the documentary I did about Fred, he said people people at KDKA said we might as well shut down our tower at four o'clock because everybody watches Children's Corner, <laughs> which is so funny to think about Isn't today. It? <laughs> it sure is. Um, it? But uh, he and Josie were, you know, they were so so popular. It was, and it's it's funny. It's not exactly the same tone as Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. It's a lot funnier and you know saucier. And Daniel really? Stripe and Tigers. <laughs> I mean, there's some clips that we we love to play with. Um, so old recordings still exist in some form. Yeah, at the time you had to do a kinescope, which is right. what you called when you set up a movie camera in front of a TV <laughs> screen and made a movie of the TV screen. I see. And so that's those were that was a kinescope, and there are I'm going to guess maybe ten. Okay. Kinescopes of children still exist. Fabulous. Yeah, I don't think it's the first one. I don't think we had the very very first day. Okay. But there's lots of uh, still pictures and stuff like that, um, and it was low budget, you know. Yeah, but as simple it, as simple can be. But Dan, I mean, Daniel Stripe a Tiger appeared on the very first program. Oh, that's interesting. So, how know. about this? So he didn't premiere on Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Hmm. No, no, in King Friday, those were all characters from Children's Corner. Yeah. Okay. So, talk about that. I'm always curious about the genesis of puppetry. I mean, was this something that f- was Fred's love, or how did that come about? I mean, I, I, rem- I remember. Uh, I'm old enough to remember Margot Lovelace. You remember? Remember Margot? I do. Those were incredible. They surely were. I wonder if there was any thread there with Margot Lovelace because she was a world class puppeteer. She was, and she was here in town, and um, I remember. As like being in high school and thinking, oh, I'd like to go see more Lovelace marionettes. Because right. She did adult puppets. Mm. It wasn't just puppets for kids. She would do serious things yes. and everything. And I thought that was so interesting. Mm-hmm. There was a guy named Peter Hall, I believe, who was her assistant, who later became like a world-class theater Opera director. director. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, the uh, – I don't think there's a, f- a connection there with Fred. I know that Fred, even as a boy, had a ventriloquist dummy. Oh. Okay, and that business. may have been where that okay. that all started. Now, um, I know that, and uh, Fred and Josie both tell told this story in my documentary called "Our Neighbor Fred Rogers," which about, is wonderful. Thanks, by the way, <laughs> just wonderful. Um, about the night before they went on the air, there was a party for everybody that was going to work at the new station, and uh, Fred got the Daniel puppet as a gift, and they named it Daniel after 
Mrs. Daniel, who was the station manager at the time. And she, I think, was in her house. But she was not striped. No, she was not striped. No. Isn't it funny that he said striped? We know. still say that. Yeah. No, we, don't, we never say striped except for Daniel. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and back then in those early days, there was a thing called the TTT, the Tame Tiger Torganization, <laughs> which was the, the fan club. Yeah. Oh, that's and, funny. and I can't tell you how many times people say to me, I still have my ti- Tame Tiger card. So, you know, those are pretty cool. Um, oh, so they they were a huge, huge hit here. It wasn't like you know, a Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood right. popped out of nowhere. They were right. there was gigantic Children's Corner. Wow! So when it came time then to distribute the show nationally, at some point, how did they make that jump? Do you have any idea about the uh, the timeline on that? Well, it's funny because Fred and Josie and Children's Corner jumped from WQED, the educational television station in Pittsburgh, to NBC, and I think they were the summer replacement. I'm going to say in the summer of 56 for the Jerry Mahoney show. Like, I guess he wanted to take the summer off. (laughs) And they put them in in that spot. And they got more mail, which is funny because we're talking about mail today. Right. Uh, They got more mail than any program that had ever been on NBC. Including Jerry Mahoney. Including Jerry Mahoney. (laughs) And then he was sad he went on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just know that because Josie was so proud of that. Of course. Josie gave me my first job in television in South Carolina. So it all connects and – I said my my biggest connection to Fred Rogers is we both sort of began our television careers making or working on a children's show with Josie Carey. (laughs) I'll tell you, that's rare fighter. Okay, we need to step away. When we come back, let's talk about Fred Rogers, the man. Want to talk about him? We want to hear also on a weekly basis how he put that studio together. (laughs) Oh, you told that a little bit of that today. Rick Seaback is with us. You know him through his many wonderful documentaries produced out of WQED. We're talking about Mr. Rogers. Our conversation continues shortly. Attention credit card holders. The secret that credit card companies don't want you to know is getting out. Thousands of people across the country are now settling their debts for a fraction of what they owe, thanks to National Debt Relief. The secret is that if you're struggling with or simply can't afford your monthly credit card payments, you now have the legal means to resolve your debt with your lenders, substantially reducing what you owe into one low monthly payment. You don't have to worry about bankruptcy or falling deeper into debt. You can now save thousands of dollars even tens of thousands, and be debt-free faster than you ever thought possible. There are no upfront fees, and satisfaction is guaranteed. If you're struggling with at least $10,000 in credit card debt, medical bills, private student loans, or personal loans, call National Debt Relief now for a free quote on how much of your debt can be reduced. Get this free, life-changing information now by dialing 800-506-2760. 800-506-2760. That's 800-506-2760. If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low trying everything you can. From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has trouble making friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at brainbalance.com or call 724-390-9012 today. 
I'm Robin Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. If you're considering paying retail price for a new mattress, this is your wake-up call. Why is there suddenly a mattress store on every corner? Well, just Google mattress markups. Original Mattress is a private label mattress brand sold directly to the public. We own the factory and the store. Why? Let's just say excessive markups don't fit our values. Just say no to the middleman. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com. Finding a Christian school that meets your students' needs and your high standards is simple. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net and discover Greater Pittsburgh's best Christian schools, links to their websites, location information, and more. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Rick Seaback is with us live in studio, talking about today's unveiling of the new United States Postal Forever stamp, honoring Mr. Rogers. Of course, you know Rick and his many wonderful documentaries. His latest is called Nebby, Tales of Pittsburgh. Rick, talk to us about Fred Rogers, the person. Well, it's funny, you know, um, although I worked at WQED, um, and it's funny because I'm in my 31st year at WQED. That's amazing. I just, I'm, I'm one of the new guys, you know? Right, right. <laughs> how can I You're be still there? one of the kids. How can I be there 31 years? Um, and uh, so approximately half the history of the station, I've been there. Because wow. we're going to be 64. Mm-hmm. I've been there 31. Yeah. Um, but Fred was there at the very beginning. He left for a while, you know, he went to uh, Canada and actually. What we know sort of as the Mr. Rogers show or Mr. Rogers neighborhood began in Canada um, when the the shift from Children's Corner to, you know, the Fred show where you saw Fred on camera. He's first on camera in Canada for the CBC. And that show was just called Mr. Rogers, one word with the R at the end of Mr. becoming. I see. On some form of Canadian public television? Yeah. 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 I I think the CBC is government run television. So it was the, you know, it was some, we were, I think we're one of the few developed nations where the public television isn't somehow connected to the government. Mm -hmm. We're not government. We get some government money, but we're not government funded. Yeah. And all of that. But the CBC is the national radio of Canada, like the BBC. Mm -hmm. The BBC, the CB, you know, those are all considered public television. Um, And so Fred was there for about a year or two, I think. Um, And actually, a guy I think that was somehow connected to that show, I don't know if he's still on the air or not, but he's called Mr. Dressup. Every Canadian knows Mr. Mr. Dressup. Really? Yeah, who was a guy that had worked with Fred on that show. Okay. It sort of took over when Fred decided to move back to Pittsburgh. Okay. When he moved back to Pittsburgh, he – he brought that's he brought some uh, films of the neighborhood of make believe, and they did they used those here. There was a little, very short lived show sponsored by Horn's Department Store on Channel Four on WTAE, and I don't know if that's the first time they call it Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, and then it comes to QED again, and again they use the films of the neighborhood of make believe from Canada, mm, and Fred did it. little wraparounds. Yeah. And then it was, you know, significantly popular that they would start to produce them again. And they sort of made a really good facsimile of the Canadian set. The Canadian set looks just like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood with King Friday's Castle and the tree with Henrietta and uh, X the Owl and all of that. So those things were created in Canada or designed and then those were sort of followed And when they came back to – started to do it in Pittsburgh. And then it's funny because even today one of the floor crew guys came up to me after I – Gave my little history saying that the first 300 shows were done in the old 
WQED building, which is now the music school at Pitt. Right, at the corner of Belfield and Fifth Avenue. Exactly, sort of right across from the Cathedral of Learning. It was the manse for the Belfield Presbyterian Church, which was also Fifth at Belfield. And um, that was the only church Fred was ever assigned to as a minister. Really? And that was very short-lived as well when they realized his his real – Parish or his yeah. real skill set, yeah, uh, was was television. So yeah. he became a minister of the a broadcasting yeah. minister um, oh, for the Presbyterian Church. Um, and but uh, one of the floor crew guys came on. He said, "You you said the first shows were done here in seventy for seventy one." He goes, "We know that they, the first shows in our building that we still live in um, at forty eight oh two Fifth Avenue were." He said, "We started here in sixty nine. In November of 69, we started to do – and the very first thing we did were Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood shows. Mm. So they shot in 69 to air in 70. That's – you know, they, they would prepare. And back then they did like 130 shows. A year. A year. Whoa. <laughs> That's what I said. Wow. This has made me like so aware of like how much work has been done. Right. In so, so talk about how the studio was set up because, you know, we have the neighborhood of make-believe and we remember there, were, there was Fred's house, which had the living room and the porch and the kitchen with the fish. Exactly. You know, all – so where did those live? Well, the way they did that – and this is, is – in my memory from 1987 on um, – and I think Fred stops making programs in 2000 or 1999 or something okay. like that. Um, he uh, – towards the end, in, in those years that I knew, he always did um, weeks. You know, he, And I think he would do three or four weeks a year. In other words, meaning that he would do Monday through Friday shows. Mm-hmm. And each week would have a theme. I see. And they could be funny or goofy, but they could also be serious. You know, like divorce or death could be the sure. theme for the week. So it, it depended on what, you know. And they were very tightly scripted, He, you know. But the way they would do that, and if somebody doesn't know the Mr. Rogers show, it always starts with him walking in the front door. He changes his suit coat for a cardigan, puts his tennis shoes on, and then he putzes around the house for a while, feeds the fish, may, maybe talks about something. He talks directly to the camera. To the, you know, as though it was one kid that he was talking to. And then at some point he sits on the little bench and the trolley comes through. And the trolley takes us to the neighborhood of make-believe. This is in every one of the shows. Yes. When you go to the neighborhood of make-believe, you know you do not see Mr. Rogers. Right. He's never in the neighborhood of make-believe, but he is the voice of most of the puppets. I see. There are a few that he's not. I think he's not Prince Tuesday and Queen Sarah Saturday and all that. I think those are other people. But basically all the voices were Fred. And um, then you come back to the reality on the trolley. Ding, ding, ding. You know, and it brings you back. And, uh, you know, at the end of the show, he wraps things up and he goes out the door singing. uh, Such a good feeling to know you're alive. Well, uh, before they started doing all of that and the the way they they ended up doing this is certainly in my – time there is they would do all five segments of the neighborhood of make-believe first. So in the studio, which is a big studio, I think we can still legitimately say it's the largest television studio between New York and Chicago. No kidding. It's a big studio, Studio A, built in 1970 for our new building. And they would uh, put up the neighborhood of make-believe, all the, you know, King Friday's Castle, uh, Daniel's Clock. Henrietta and Henrietta X's Henrietta Tree. X's Tree. Um, the museum go round where Lady Elaine right. Fairchild lived, and then there were other things like you know, um, 
the platypuses lived in a oh, mound. Right, I forgot about the platypi. <laughs> oh, and this is this is one of my my trivia questions that I often ask when I uh, do trivia shows is there was a factory in the neighborhood too. Oh, what was the factory? Or what did they make? Or who owned it? Wow. Please, please tell me a platypus owned it. No, it's no. not a platypus. Okay, to... But it's, it's, it's one of those, you know, actually I talked to Margie Whitmer who produced many of those shows and she said, we were never really sure what he was. <laughs> <laughs> was he supposed to be human or sort of, you know, half rodent, <laughs> half human? Or, sure. um, we're actually not sure. But the, it's, uh, there was a, uh, uh, it was called the Rocket Factory. I don't remember that. And they made rocking chairs. Oh, that's so cool. And it was owned that? by Corny. Cornelius S yeah, sure. or Cornflake S especially. Cornflake S especially. Cornflake S specially. Right. S specially. I think it's S and then a, a specially. 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 It's kind of Mr. Pesheley. So Cornflake S specially. Wow. <laughs> so all these were put out sort of like in a factory, right? Right. Yeah. And so anyway, all those things are in the neighborhood of make believe. They they would shoot all of that in the studio okay. for the whole week. Mm-hmm. So they would have Five different nest, ones. They would have five different segments that they were done in there. Then they tear that all down, move it into the storage. They repaint the floor because the floor in the neighborhood of make-believe right. had, had all the stuff yes, in it. Right? It had brightly colored walk stones right. that you walked on. And then uh, then they would do uh, a week or so of what they called special sets. If they had to go to Brockett's Bakery or Negri's Music Shop mm-hmm. or sure. any – sometimes you know, they would go to the doctor or any of those things that were like not usual sets. They would do them. And I know this. They would take both the segments from the neighborhood of make-believe and these ones from the special sets and someone edits them. You know, rough edits them together, yeah. so they know how much time is left. I see. Oh, so and then they they take down all the special sets, they repaint the floor, and they set up Fred's house. So Fred's house was where they, they do could, this every single week. I mean, for, for, this, I mean, oh, yes. when they, do, yeah, oh, that, so that's a lot of paint on the floor. It is. That floor has been painted a gajillion times. And it's very funny. I mean, I don't know. It's funny. It's sad. The last time we did the neighborhood of make believe, they marked a, a rectangle. To keep it there. To keep it there. Oh. Like, never will we paint oh, over this. I love that. And then somebody who didn't know what it no, was. No, painted, painted over it. it. <sighs> so. It's okay. It's still in our hearts. Yes. Yes. So, so <laughs> at the end of the run, which it ran for many, many years, Fred was ill. No, I, I no, I, I. Fred's illness was not known. Was not it no. Wasn't. That was not a factor. At it least was. it wasn't a public factor. I mean, it wasn't. Thing, no, he was just ready to try something else. Or mm-hmm. okay, because it was a long run. It was a very long run. And actually, I remember when it was one of the first shows I did at QED. We did a show called Our Neighbor Fred Rogers for the twentieth anniversary of Mister Rogers on PBS. So that makes perfect sense. I'm there 31 years. That was 30 yeah, right. years ago. Mm-hmm. Now it's the 50th anniversary. But even then, he had been on the air for 20 years. And I remember the woman who hired me, Nancy Lavin, saying, he's really better now because he looks more grandfatherly. Mm, he yeah. grew into yeah. being a grandfather sure. as opposed to right. looking like well, a young boy. He was kind of acting like a grandfather when he was much younger. Yes. And w- but we always laughed when we, we, uh, when we see those uh, films from Canada – where he's a young man. Oh my gosh, he looks so young, right? He probably we, didn't even have kids yet. We, we said he was David Byrne from Talking Heads. <laughs> <laughs> we would cast David Byrne to play Mr. Rogers. Separated at birth. Oh, oh hey, speaking of that, there's a new movie. We'll take a quick break. Rick Seabach's with us talking about Mr. Rogers and the 50th anniversary of uh, the show. A new stamp was unveiled today. So stay with us. we got more Mr. Rogers and Rick Seabach ahead. Mm-hmm. 
HVAC unit more than you run your car. But would you go a whole year without servicing your car? Prolong your unit's life and avoid expensive breakdowns with Pellis Heating and Cooling. Pellis will service your system to keep your unit running strong. Of course, if you have an emergency, a Pellis tech is available 24 hours a day with after-hour calls returned within 15 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for a day with author, activist, and public theologian Brian McLaren on Wednesday, April 25th. A free workshop, Creating Communities of Spiritual Activism, or If I Were 26, What Kind of Church Would I Plant in 2018, will be held at 10 a.m. In the evening, a free public lecture titled How Our Churches Can Help Heal a Divided America will take place at 7 p.m. Registration required. Learn more at pts.edu. Hello, friends. Christ Church at Crow Farm invites you to join us for a special service on Good Friday, March 30th. Beginning at 6 p.m., we will embark on a service commemorating Christ's death on the cross through special music, hymns, and pastoral reflections on the seven last words of Christ. We hope you will join Christ Church for this unique telling of the gospel on Good Friday as we prepare to celebrate his resurrection on Easter Sunday. For more details on this and all of our services, please check out our website, ccgf.org. That's ccgf.org. Today's world craves leaders, leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. Hey, welcome back. Rick Seaback is with us. We're talking about Fred Rogers and the unveiling of a stamp, 50th anniversary of the show. So, Rick, just a minute or so left. The cool thing is now there's going to be a major motion picture starring Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. Right. There's a lot of Mr. Who's Rogers stuff, starring and that's, it's as confusing. Rick, who's going to be starring as Rick, Se- Rick Seaback? I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't be a factor oh, in that. Come so. on, Rick. It would still be fun. Somewhere on the floor. I don't know. Maybe you, you could be the floor painter. <laughs> no, but there are real floor painters, yeah, and they're all okay. still around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, there's there's a show that we did on P, on QED last week or the week before, yeah. a couple weeks ago, that is from PBS, and it's sort of a tribute. It's a lot of hosted Hollywood. Hosted by Michael Keaton. Yes, it's hosted by Michael Keaton, who worked at WQED, who worked on the floor crew, and you know, there's, those stories are legendary. And then he um, – he's joined by Whoopi Goldberg and Sarah Silverman mm-hmm. and John, uh, John Lithgow. I'm trying to think some of right. the other celebrities yeah. who remember Mr. Rogers and talk about how he affected their lives. That's one program. Then there is a documentary, um, which is called Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is will be coming to theaters this summer. It premiered at the Sundance Film Festival, and uh, it's a separate entity okay. um, produced – by a lot of people, one of whom is Yo-Yo Ma, the oh, cellist sure. player's yes, son. Okay, His and Yo-Yo son. Ma was a frequent guest right. on Mr. Rogers. And then there, there's now talk of a a Hollywood movie, right. a biopic of Fred Rogers based on a uh, magazine article that was written about Fred. Fabulous. So, And that will be the older Fred and Tom Hanks is supposed to play Fred in that. It seems like a good choice. Yeah, it sure does. 
Yeah, so all these people sort of coming of age or going past the age, and they look back with nostalgia on what Mr. Rogers meant to them. Exactly. You know, like, there's some kids in the studio today, but they don't really know Fred No, of course not. They know Daniel Stripe and Tiger. Sure. You know, which is part of Fred Rogers. Yeah. But they they don't know Mr. Rogers. The original thing. And, you know, he's been dead 15 years. I can't believe it. Which is the fastest 15 years of my life. Is that right? Hey, Rick, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, we can't thank you enough. We love when you come in here. Yeah. So many more things we could talk about. Next time, we'll talk about what's new in your world. Very good. Rick Seaback from WQED. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. It was yet another sour day on Wall Street as the Dow Jones Industrial sank 425 points after yesterday's loss of 724 points. The blue chip index closed out its worst week in two years and extended its weekly drop to 1,400. It's a combination of two factors, the new tariffs imposed by President Trump on China and uncertainty about interest rates. Jack Ablin, chief investment strategist at Crescent Wealth Advisors, says the new Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, seems more committed to raising interest rates than his predecessor, Janet Yellen, was. If you believe that Yellen's tenure was defined by accommodation, I think Powell's tenure is going to be defined by normalization, just getting interest rates back to where they need to be. The Nasdaq fell 174 points while the S&P dropped 55. This is SRN News. I'll tell you what, doors, particularly entry doors, have been huge for us this year. Energy swings Donnie Dara. People have invested in houses in the early 2000s, and a lot of those houses had builder-grade doors in them. And unfortunately, they need new doors, and we are a platinum dealer with an entry door company by the name of Provia, and Provia offers fantastic doors, but to show that they're fantastic, we have an iPad app that we can take a picture of your home, the front door primarily, and actually look at those doors and build the door on the iPad and you can change the type of color the door is, change the glass style, the shape of the glass, the hardware, everything. The curb appeal is just phenomenal. So entry doors has really been a big thing in the Pittsburgh area. We're really on the cutting edge of that. Right now, get $500 off every entry and patio door this winter, plus a free video doorbell with your purchase and an additional 5% for word listeners only. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. Hey, Pittsburgh, the huge March sales event is going on right now at Calusi Chevrolet. Hi, this is Tunch Ilkin, and the best deals of the year are right now at Calusi. Now through the end of the month, you can get 0% APR financing for up to 72 months on select models or choose huge bonus cash savings over $10,000 on select models Silverados. Check them out online at Calusi.com. Serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. Chevrolet, find new roads. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. 
Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Did you know at Passover, Jewish people use exactly three pieces of unleavened bread, the matzah, and they are placed into one matzah holder. The middle one of the three in Jewish tradition represents the lamb, and this is the one over which Jesus said, this is my body. Abraham here from Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation. Come to our Passover seders where you will experience this and other Jewish traditions Jesus used to explain his sacrifice and why we need him. Join us on April 6th, 7th, or 8th. More info at Rock of Ages MJC.org. That's Rock of Ages MJC.org. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the fun for half the price at Fun for All Family Fun Park in Cranberry. Get a $100 value for $50 or $50 value for $25 and enjoy the best family fun rides, games, and attractions, including the new XD Dark Ride. It's all for fun at Fun for All. Log on now to wordfm.com keyword shopping mostly clear and quite cold tonight dropping down to a low of 16 degrees for tomorrow sunshine will be mixed with some clouds high 41 clear skies for tomorrow night again a very cold night with a low of 18 degrees sunday we'll see plenty of sunshine but remaining rather cold with a high of 39 I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, greetings. Good afternoon to you. Kath, good to see you as well. Thanks, John. May I be the first one? On this day to tell you. Tell me. Your weekend has begun. Ah, yes. It's uh, five minutes past the five o'clock hour. On a Friday afternoon, at least in this corner of the world, all is right and well. Oh, Cena, we're playing, playing John's favorite song again. We're, we're playing the song that Mike said, what's the song that really sort of gets you up? Right. It makes you excited about the weekend. Yeah. So I hear this song. This is uh, Steely Dan, Reeling in the Years. Mm-hmm. That guitar riff at the very top. I dig it. Yeah. Okay. Here, Rick Seebeck's still here. Rick, bring your microphone Come on, over. Come Rick, on. Rick's a holdover we, from last hour. Yeah, we had we had Rick in the I 4 o'clock hour. I should have snuck out. No, no, no. no. Rick was with us in the in the 4 o'clock hour talking about the 50th anniversary of Mr. Rogers and, of course, the U.S. postage stamp that came out today. Um, Rick, if you have to think of one song that gets you excited. Yeah, it's, it's your a fr- song. You it's go, a Friday boom. song. You think, I'm excited about the weekend. What well, song do you think you would pick? So he picked Reelin' in the Years by Steely Dan. Yeah. I picked... Were you doing Chuck a Con? No. Well, I thought about that because it's Shaka Khan's birthday today. Oh, happy fact. birthday, Shaka Khan. Yeah, I don't know how old she is. She's 60-something. She's, uh, she's 65 years old today. My favorite one, Mike, do you have that? Oh, yeah. Of course. This is easy peasy, too. This is Earth, Wind, and Fire. Mm. Who, by the way, I saw live in Youngstown, Ohio on Friday. Okay, Rick, if you had to pick a song, do you have anything that's come to the forefront of your mind? No. Okay. No, um, it have to. It would have to have a vocal. That I, that I know. Yeah. Um, and I like the idea that they're, you know, sort of disco-y. That, that, that's get you See, going. See, doesn't that... Uh, I'm I know. Sorry, era. Disco was an underrated era. I know, but even era. at the time, we said this music is terrible. It'll never last. No, I agree. You, know? you had fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it, it has it has remarkably... Uh, it has a lot era. of staying power, don't um, you think? Yeah. Um, Hmm. I was singing Jefferson Airplane on the way over here. Jefferson <laughs> Airplane. That's you know, good. Yeah. What depends yeah. on which one? Oh, White, White Rabbit. Rabbit. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, boy, 
one song to one get song. me up in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Especially if it's to get you up on a Friday in particular when you say, okay, I just have to work one more day and then a I got Friday the weekend and off. Friday spring, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still thinking. Okay. I, 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 nothing has come to mind specifically, uh, you know. Is this the way your your video productions work? That you just kind of have a, an inkling of something, and then you say, "No, nothing's coming right now." And then over weeks and yeah, but you know, I, I don't do a lot of live, so I get I get to think about things before oh, they mull things out. over. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, see that? I mean, it doesn't get you up, no, right? But it but it, it gets you in to- inside, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's, it's high school. Yeah. Where'd you go to high school? Apple Park. Did you? Yeah. This okay. may be the first time that Jefferson Airplane is uh, played on 101.5 Word FM. <laughs> and we appreciate your presence because of that, Rick. We dig that. <laughs> we like everything about that. Okay, Rick. So we didn't have a chance in our last hour to talk about what you're working on next. So when you were here before, you were still doing your Rick Starter campaign. Right. And, and you were raising money for Nebby. That was just about a year ago. I think we're just coming up to the year anniversary of starting the Rick Starter, um, which was a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And it was successful, thank God. It mm. was, you know, that was a, a you know, fear of mine that we wouldn't be successful. But we raised uh, about $140,000. Wow. Um, which ends up giving you like about 130 right. something after you pay all the expenses Fees and, and everything. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so I said we'd do seven half hours. I've done two. I'm working on the third. The first one I did was a short history of Route 88. Right. That goes from Overbrook to yeah. the small town on the West Virginia border of Point Marion on the Mon River. Yes. Yeah. Point Marion is where the Cheat River flows into the Mon. So um, right, it's very close to Morgantown, but you're still in Pennsylvania. And then um, – The meat one, which I haven't seen. Yes. Meat Pittsburgh was the second one. And it's just you know six or seven different places where you can get good meat around Pittsburgh. Yeah, who doesn't right, like I that? just drove past one of them today. Right. My father was like, you know, you need to stop at that place that was in Rixie Beck's mm-hmm. show. Vegetarians gave it one star. Yep. <laughs> that is not good. I put a little warning at the beginning. It said, if you I don't mean want, to offend anyone. Like, hey, if you don't want yeah. to be reminded that meat comes from animals, this is not the show for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because we started at the, the Jamison Farm mm-hmm. um, in Latrobe. Which is a, a sheep farm renowned around the world. They they sell to great mm. restaurants everywhere, and actually, Western Pennsylvania lamb mm-hmm. is often considered right. the best in the world. Isn't really that interesting. I know. I know. Do we think of this? New Zealand? No, no. New Zealand and Western Pennsylvania. It's surprising to me how many people do not like lamb, and I love lamb. Um, well, it's funny. I, when growing up, my mother, I would say, like, you know, we never have lamb. And, she goes, and that's because I had so much lamb as a child, I never want to have any more. Oh, we never had lamb growing up. Okay. But yeah, I never, I never had lamb growing no, up. But neither. my mother said that she had a lot of it growing up. I see. And her mother, I don't think, was that great a cook. So I oh, think so it, was it was a tough lot of boiled and, meat, right. you know. <laughs> um, no, but lamb is delicious. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, we the went from sauce? there to the um, – the Whitfield, which is the new, the restaurant in the new Ace Hotel mm-hmm. in um, yeah in East Liberty, in East Liberty, and they specialize in Jamison Farm lamb there. Uh, if you're lucky enough to be there on a night when they're doing the lamb, it's just oh, so, is it so, so fabulous? Yeah. There's a lamb fest in Pittsburgh, isn't there? I, don't I think know. this is the second annual lamb fest this summer, and I think it's at the Ace Hotel. As a matter of fact, that's what made me think about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a, is there a courtyard within the Ace Hotel outside where they sort of cordon you off? You buy a ticket, and then it's like all the lamb you can eat. Ooh, that, I, that could be at the side of the Ace because there's a nice empty space okay. there. Or, you know, their gym is 
one of their, I mean, the big. Can you believe that? It's it's the old gym. It, it is. The y, a, right. YMCA. Right. That's, that's, a a fa- that's a fabulous building. And they did a really interesting job of preserving the the scruffy look of the gym. Yeah. You know, you, know, you know what I love is that room upstairs. I don't know if you've been in there. With, the ballroom. The, yes, the oh, ballroom yeah. with the big stage. I mean, that's such a throwback room. Yes, it is. And it's, I mean, it's funny. And because my house was so messy, my sister came to town and I said, I, I'm not, I'm not going to have time to clean up. I'm putting you up somewhere. And she said, well, put me up somewhere interesting. And so I, I, I got her a room. Did she like, now, there's, is, there, is there music memorabilia in every room? Or yeah, is that just I think some there's rooms? either a guitar or, you know, a record player um, and really a vinyl record player. Cool. Very cool. Um, yes. And it, she just loved it. She just said, you know, when she talked about her trip, she said, well, first I talked about my sorority sister reunion, which was why I came up to Pennsylvania. She said, and then I would say, and I stayed in this great hotel. The Ace Hotel. The Ace Hotel. Wow. Wonderful. Um, but, you know, then that's, that's Meet Pittsburgh. Now I'm working on the third Nebby show, which will be called People Who've Written Books Around Here. I, I started to call people who write books, but then I, I wanted to include some who, who aren't, aren't here still anymore, around. Right. I see. Um, last summer, there was an international Willa Cather conference here in Pittsburgh. And Willa Cather lived in Pittsburgh for about 10 or 12 years. I huh. didn't. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I didn't know. Well, I knew a little bit of it, but I learned a lot more from those folks. And uh, the thing that I love most is she wrote her great novel of the Midwest, O Pioneers. Yes. Here. 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 I in an attic know. room in Squirrel Hill. Oh, I, I love when you come here. <laughs> I learn things Who I never that? knew. Isn't that funny? The great expanse of the Wild West from an yeah, attic in Squirrel she's Hill. She's describing the, the, the oh, plains. That is so cool. From Squirrel Hill. Um, and then um, I also have an interview that I did with Michael Shabon in 1988 when oh. he wrote Mysteries of Pittsburgh. Wow. And I thought – Fresh oh. out of the university. Yeah. He was just you know as yeah. young as could be. And sure. so I thought that would be kind of fun to show again I think or to actually – for me to look at and re-edit and right. all of that because I kept the tapes. I kept the tapes Oh, good for then. you. Um, so – and then we're, we also – there's a new writer in town who I like called Tom Sweaterlich um, who writes sort of science fiction thrillers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wrote one four years ago. Yes. And it was really good called Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Yes. That's on my Goodreads to read list. And then right. uh, he's just got a What's new book. What's his last name? Sweaterlich. Okay. S-W-E-T-E-R-L-I-T-C-A-S-C-H. Yeah. Um, but uh, the new book is called The Gone World. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing. And it's uh, time travel and space travel. I like it. And a young woman – who is trying to solve a murder in Cannonsburg. <laughs> so, I mean, well, hooray! Are, she works for the Navy. Three genres who've never, never Yeah, but she works for the Navy, and she's involved in some of the secret programs. And I said, it's so long since I read a book where, like, you think, like, wow, the government knows all this good stuff, and, they, you know, we don't know about it, but they know how to use it. You know, and uh, she's involved. She has been to other time periods. She knows how to time travel. She know, And like all of this is set up on the dark side of the moon. The government has big installations oh, on I the dark side this. of the moon hmm. where you go and like from there you can leap off both for space travel and time travel. And one of the ways they investigate crimes is to go to the future and ask people, what did we find out about that? <laughs> now that would be handy. Yes. Isn't that smart? Yes. It sure is. The Gone World. The Gone World, it's called, yes. All right. It's, we'll it's, have to get Mr. Very, Sweaterlich you, you, on the show. You, you can't yeah. relax. You, gotta, you have to concentrate while you read, but it's really fun. Put your phone down and, and read. Then, uh, we also talked to Stuart Onan, who's, I think, probably the most successful mm-hmm. writer who lives here in town. Right. Uh-huh. Um, he wrote a book that I love called Last Night at the Lobster. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, I may start the show by talking about his book, uh, Emily Alone, which I read. 
Okay, um, I, I was at my house in Regent Square, and I start to read the book, and I realize, oh, my. The main character is driving down Braddock Avenue to go to the Eaton Park at Edgewood Town Center. <laughs> no. She's coming right down the street by where I am. I'm going to get out there and wave. <laughs> and, and I like that. And I think that's really why I wanted to do the show, just to be able to talk yes. about. There are writers in Pittsburgh now. And if you know the place, it's a different experience. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And I learned that after college, I think that. Everyone reads every book differently. You bring different things with you. And we bring a familiarity with a lot of these places. Mm-hmm. And that's different. It makes the book totally different. No doubt. Oh, that's really fantastic. So, um, yeah. and yeah. I'm also going to shoot one, uh, a new Nebby show in one day on April 7th at the Pittsburgh Vintage Mixer, which is kind of a nice uh, – Flea markety kind of uh, thing. It's a you know, but it's juried or you know curated. They they handpicked who they're going to have there. Heinz History Center. No, there's one at the Heinz History Center. Okay. They used to be at the Heinz History Center, but now they're at the Teamster Temple in oh, Lawrenceville. Right. Okay. No, okay, and actually, I, I've been a vendor there three times. You selling your own personal stuff? Yeah, just junk that I've collected over the years. Now, this is a thing I didn't know about Rick Seebeck. Because <laughs> we like to go and oh, visit weird places. We could well, be your customers, April my friend. April 7th. We're not, I'm not going to be vending this time because I'm going to be shooting the, the thing. And Manette Seat, uh, who's oh, yeah, one of the sure. other producers at QED, yeah. is going to be my co-producer. And we're just going to try and gather enough stuff that we have a really good half hour. Manette had actually worked with me on the flea market documentary. And so, you know, we we were used to doing this, and so it's going to be fun, I think. Rick, you always have things percolating. I love it. Okay, well, maybe we'll see you at the flea market thing. That would be great. Except John and I are going to be, like, trying to outbid each other buying, on stuff. Buying, buying, buying. Thanks an awful lot, Rick. Thank it's you. really great for you to stop by. Rick Seaback from WQED. We started off talking about Mr. Rogers and the stamp and ended up at flea markets and Pittsburgh Writers. And it's all been fun the whole time. Hey, stick around. Uh, Richard Mao is with us in just a few minutes, so uh, that's the Friday edition of the show. W-O-R-D. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music from Landry Cantrell. Gravity. gravity. Miracle by Unspoken. Don't you give up on a miracle. And the answer from Jeremy Camp. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education in which solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. Hello, friends. Christ Church at Crow Farm invites you 
you to join us for a special service on Good Friday, March 30th. Beginning at 6 p.m., we will embark on a service commemorating Christ's death on the cross through special music, hymns, and pastoral reflections on the seven last words of Christ. We hope you will join Christ Church for this unique telling of the gospel on Good Friday as we prepare to celebrate His resurrection on Easter Sunday. For more details on this and all of our services, please check out our website, ccgf.org. That's ccgf.org. Okay, so this Sunday is Palm Sunday. This is the best time of year, the absolute best. It is. Everyone's hopeful. Everyone's ecstatic. And everybody wants coming. A, everybody wants a feast. Yes. So if you're going to have a feast, where are you going to go? Uh, I would probably go to the Spring House of to course. see my friend Marsha. Yes, and those always with a feast. <laughs> Lots of fun as well. Marsha, how are you, my friend? Good. How are you guys doing today? We're great. Yeah, we're really great. We just had Rick Seaback in studio for a f- fun conversation, and now you, so it's like this one-two. I know. We love that. <laughs> okay, Marcia. So what, what would Palm Sunday look like at the Spring House? Okay, so we have a really fun packed weekend. We're just going to be sleeping really well Sunday night. <laughs> Saturday is our annual Easter egg hunt, and they have called for everything from rain to snow to freezing to whatever, but now it's saying 43 degrees and sunny on the farm. So yeah. we're excited. We have a session at 10 o'clock and one at 12 and one at 2, and it's um, you know decorating cookies, petting all the baby animals, doing some singing, hunting in the... Um, in the uh, in the pasture, hunting eggs, and then getting a prize at the end. Nice. Great meal inside. It's a really fun day. And then the other thing we have this weekend is our Palm Sunday Feast, and that is on Sunday. starts at noon, and we're going to be grilling marinated flank steak, and we're going to have um, a celebration chicken romano, our hickory smoked ham, so everybody can taste it and see if they might need one for Easter, and all kinds of yummy side dishes. We're going to have um, grandma's jello salads. And it's going to be a really yummy meal. Fabulous. And, of course, there is still time because the Springhouse ham at the centerpiece of your Easter table. And, of course, for me, all the desserts as well, the pies, the cookies, and everything else. You can still order these, Marcia? Absolutely. All right, fantastic. So you have a whole week to get your act together as far as Easter goes. But this weekend is all the stuff, the Easter egg hunt, the Palm Sunday feast, all the good stuff at the Spring House. Marcia, thanks an awful lot. Happy Easter to you. Okay, so listen, there's still time. Order from the Spring House, all the details about the Spring House at wordfm.com. of Pittsburgh, parent company of this station, is looking for a full-time traffic assistant receptionist to work 30 hours a week, 11 to 5, Monday through Friday. Previous radio experience with order entry as a board operator or working with logs is a must, along with the knowledge of radio terminology and traffic procedures. Assist with order entry, log prep, and reconciliation and invoicing, plus front-end reception and other administrative duties. Apply now at wordfm.com slash jobs. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Can't we all just get along? And if we can't get along, can we just be nice to each other? You know, the media landscape we live in today has sort of spilled over into how we uh, converse and intersect with each other, whether at uh, the grocery store or at church or what? Online. It's not. It's never really good. It really. It was never really great to begin with. Well, it's gone a lot worse. It surely has. Richard Mao is with us. Richard is the former president of Fuller Theological Seminary, the author of Adventures and Evangelical Civility, a lifelong quest for common ground, among many other fine works. And Richard, welcome back to the show. Hey, good to be with you too. Thank you, Richard. Let me just say how much we enjoyed you being a part of our conversion series we did last month at Word FM. Uh, we absolutely. We just. 
We loved we loved all the stories because every single one of them is different, but we just really appreciated yours in particular. Well, I am so glad to be a part of what you folks are doing. I admire you. And incidentally, uh, whenever I'm on, you talk about really good food just before I come out. <laughs> that, well, that's because that. we're, that's we're, trying to, we're trying to get you excited to make a trip to Pittsburgh. Yes. I, I'm, I'm eager. <laughs> and it is generally dinner time for most people about now, so we're, our stomachs are churning as well. <laughs> I agree. But but Richard, you're in California, right? Right. Yeah. So you don't want to come here now. So put it off. No. Put it off for a good six eight weeks. Okay. There's still okay. snow out there, Richard. There is. Yeah. All right, Richard. So talk to us about you know you you started writing about civility what 15 years ago? Yeah, well, actually, in the uh, in the in the nineties. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, what were what were your concerns about civility at that point? What were the issues that were roiling? Well, you know, I, I, when I actually first started about it, I was very concerned about the ways in which incivility was such a, a, a I'm going to put it differently, the ways in which religion was such a big part of the problems in the world. I mean, Bosnia, Herzegovina, you know, mm-hmm. Christians versus Muslims, uh, Middle East, Jew versus Muslim, uh, Northern Ireland, Catholic versus Protestant. And I began to think about how can we be a part of the solution rather than a part of the problem. And I picked up on this idea of civility. But but as I, I think I've mentioned to you guys before, uh, shortly after my book came out, I got calls from two different reporters that didn't know about what each other was writing on, but they were each wanting to write about civility. Boston Globe, New York Times, and and they wanted to talk about parking lots. They, they wanted to talk about. Uh, road rage on California freeways mm. and the ways in which there's increasing incivility in just in the ways in which people treat each other in public spaces. Uh, and that was, you know, in the 90s, but wow, today it has, uh, <laughs> it's almost become a plague, I think, in the culture, the yes. incivility. Yeah. Uh, and in looked, the church, incidentally. Uh, just, and by comparison, the 90s looked like they're, they're quaint times, weren't they? I know. So are you a tweeter, Richard? No, I'm not. I'm Facebook, but not tweeting. Mm-hmm. No. I do feel like you're missing out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're still well, I'd say some of my best friends are tweeters. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, I mean, you're pointing to, uh, you know, I write a column for Religion News Service, and uh, I've written columns for other uh, public forum before, you know, BeliefNet and some other things. And the, the, the comments that you write, I mean, typically uh, some guy from Oakland, California, will disagree with something that I say, and he, he posts it, or he hates religion, he always does, and he's always after me. But within five, uh, if you go on to, to the next 25 comments, by the, by the fifth comment, they're arguing with each other, right. and, they're, and they're calling each other names. Mm-hmm. And it just gets, uh, it, it's just hopeless. I mean... Uh, th- there's no rational content. They're just calling each other names. Right. So when, when I think about civility, I, to me, and I think you for don't all think of us, about the comment section of the New York Times. Oh, do you, you got that right? No, but I mean, civility in many ways is learned at home, is it not? Yeah. Right. So how our parents spoke to us as children, and of course as we grew older, and vice versa, we learned the general rules of how to be kind to one another at the breakfast table and the dinner table. That's right. And the decline of the family meal, I'm convinced. Uh, you know, you and I, look, we like to talk about food. <laughs> but the, the family meal is where you sit for 45 minutes yeah. with somebody that you're really angry with. 
and you can't get away. And you've got to learn. You've got to learn the rules of simple politeness, the, the, to, to hang in there with people that you're disagreeing with. And uh, these days, uh, you know, we, we talk uh, on college campuses, and I, I, I love these campuses, but the food services are, are what the food service people call graving, grazing stations now. Mm-hmm. People don't sit down and have meals together. Or if they do, they're staring at... Uh, at cell phones, yeah. you know, and so we've lost this, and and even in families. I mean, my own kids who who just do a wonderful job of raising their kids, but uh, they're they're just running back and forth mm-hmm. to you know different events at school and debate club and the soccer team and you know orchestra and all yes. these things, and it's very hard. I don't know. It, it, it's a lot different. Family life is a lot different than it was, but I think the family meal. Is the key is is a key because if you can't learn to sit at the table with your brothers and sisters, with mom and dad, uh, how are you going to do it when 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 you meet a Muslim? Amen to that. <laughs> or when you're out there in the supermarket or on on the highway? Yeah, and that's interesting. You'll bring this up on the highway. I have a friend who tells the story of um, him as a younger man, where he was driving his sports car and got into some sort of road rage incident with some guy in a truck. And, you know, I mean, if you've ever seen Road Rage, it can get pretty ugly pretty fast. Anyway, long story short, these guys got so hot with each other, they pulled off to the side of the road. And they started to, you know, it was going to escalate into some sort of a fist fight. But my friend says this, that in in his sports car, he was one guy who could not see the other driver. He just knew there was a guy in a truck. But then when they pulled off to the side of the road and started yelling at each other, they looked each other in the eye. And he said, yes. that moment where I looked that guy in the eye, I realized, you know, he was just like me. And yeah. so we stopped our bickering. Turns out, long story short, these guys are buddies. And they <laughs> met because of a road rage Wait, wait, incident. They, they met that time, and then after that they became buddies? Yeah, well, because they had to exchange insurance information Get because of, of the accident. Oh, my And then gosh. later on through the insurance company, you know, back and forth, they started to hang out with each other. So now they're like, they've been buddies for like 15 years. Hey, that's a good story. Yeah. And you know what what it is, John and and Kathy is um, th- being able to get beyond our our stereotypes of people or the construction constructed views that we have. When you look another person, when you really look at another person in the eye, you're 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 you're, you're seeing them as a, as a human being. Yeah. And you know, for us, that's the image of God. It's it's that we're we're cre- we're creatures of God, and that, that we have to get beyond surface, whether it's color of skin, whether it's lifestyle even. Or the tweet. I mean, yeah, that's right. And so there's something very important about uh, about icon. One of the worst sermons I ever heard was in many ways uh, a, a, a good sermon, but this guy preaching on the, the parable of the rich young ruler, and he took this phrase and, 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 he, and he looked at him, <laughs> and he says, the whole sermon was about the importance of eye contact. You know, Jesus had eye contact. Well, that, that isn't a good treatment of the text. That you know? <laughs> doesn't honor but, the whole meaning. But, but, but there is a sense in which yeah. I think Christians need to take eye contact seriously. Yeah, you know? see me, yeah, right? We see face-to-face. That's, that's, that's the way where we're headed. And even seeing our enemy face-to-face mm-hmm. can make a big difference. Right. Richard Mao's with us. Uh, We need to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to continue a conversation about civility. How can we actually actively practice it, especially when we're talking to people online we don't know? That's next on today's Ride Home.
Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at AntiochianVillage.org. Hi, this is John Hall. You know what's so amazing about my pillow? How fast I fall asleep. I don't know about you, but when my head hits my pillow, I'm out in seconds. Seriously, if you were to put me under oath in a court of law, I can honestly testify that my pillow is the best pillow I've ever had. Period. And that great night's sleep can be yours anywhere you go because inventor Mike Lindell is continuing his terrific offer this month for Word FM listeners. His four-pack special includes two full-size my pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Great to toss in the car or in your overnight bag. Plus, where else are you going to find a pillow that comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty? Ten years! Just call 1-800-961-9207. Use the promo code WORD to get the four-pack special. Or enter promo code WORD at MyPillow.com to get the four-pack special today. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. See what the largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school in the North Hills has to offer. From Whippeo Athletics to Fine Arts, service activities and more. Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org. Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary for a day with author, activist, and public theologian Brian McLaren on Wednesday, April 25th. A free workshop, Creating Communities of Spiritual Activism, or If I Were 26, What Kind of Church Would I Plant in 2018, will be held at 10 a.m. In the evening, a free public lecture titled How Our Churches Can Help Heal a Divided America will take place at 7 p.m. Registration required. Learn more at pts.edu. Rome, the Vatican, the Sistine Chapel. Here's your chance to see it all, including airfare and a private tour with the Pope sweepstakes at myvaticanvacation.com. And discover the history of the Vatican in the new CNN original series, Pope, the Most Powerful Man in History, Sunday nights at 10, Eastern and Pacific. For official rules and your chance to win, log on now to myvaticanvacation.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited. Open to legal residents of 48 contiguous states in D.C. at least 18 years of age. Sweepstakes ends 4 15 at midnight. Odds depend on the number of entries received. Sponsored by Grace Hill Media. Mostly clear and quite cold tonight, dropping down to a low of 16 degrees for tomorrow. Sunshine will be mixed with some clouds, high 41. Clear skies for tomorrow night, again a very cold night with a low of 18 degrees. Sunday we'll see plenty of sunshine, but remaining rather cold with a high of 39. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. John, you mentioned that you told that story about your friend who was involved in road rage, yeah. right? And he was, you know, was absolutely completely hating the guy in the truck. The, these guys pulled over after they ran into each other. And my friend said, with the intent purpose of beating this guy up. And, of course, it didn't happen because then, you know, they started to exchange information. Here's my blah, blah, my traveler's insurance, blah, 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 blah. And then they cooled off. 
And then through negotiations to pay something, they had to show up together and they looked each other in the eye and were like, you coconut. Oh, yeah, you're the coconut. And they started hanging out with each And they, they realized that they liked each other. <laughs> they were just two good guys. All right. So, that's the, so it's, it's the eye contact that we were talking about yeah. in, in our last segment. But I... So what do you, what do we do? How do we make ourselves decent to people that we probably will never be able to be eye to eye with? So you know, people online, you know, the the people who you know follow me on Twitter, the people I follow on Twitter, you know, the people who we're on Facebook with or whatever. Those are the people we're oftentimes the rudest to because we have no hope there because there's never any chance of face-to-face interaction. Yeah. So I want to be decent because I care enough to be decent. Not because you, you're going to feel worse if you look at someone in the eye. No. And especially if I'm a follower of Christ, I care enough to be the representation of Christ, Christ-like in the world. I wish more people would care about that. Right? Richard uh, Miles with us. Richard, uh, we're talking about civility and oh, a, a lifelong quest for common ground. How do you work this out? I mean, clearly, when we talk to you, you're very kind, but you know, everybody has their moments, right? I'm sorry. Oh, Richard, no, he's, yeah, we need to get there's on. There's a moment right there. for you, Richard. Sorry, Richard, yeah. you're on the air. Everybody has their moment, right, Richard? Yeah, right. Absolutely. I, I think part of it, and, and again, I, I think the question of how we deal with things that we, we, we type out on our screens, uh, that's a, Kathy, that's a big question. Let, let me just talk about uh, sort of person-to-person, face-to-face stuff, though. I find it very helpful when, I'm, when, when I have somebody I'm disagreeing with. Uh, to try to learn, uh, I, I was on with a gay act or gay rights activist on a public radio thing one time, and we—I think the the host was hoping that we'd kind of argue with each other and, and the like. And at a certain point, I said to this guy, "You know, I'm an evangelical Christian. What is it about people like me that makes you so upset?" And he said, "Thank you for asking that." Yeah. Mm. And we actually had a good conversation. <laughs> And when a, a, a person who was on his side of things called in later and and said some really nasty things about me, he defended me. You know, <laughs> and and I I think it's so important for us to you know in, in interfaith dialogue. And I've just been having some recently again. Uh, when when you say to say as an evangelical, I say to, to I'm talking to my Mormon friends and. It's, it's so easy to, and, and this is so common to say, yeah, but what you Mormons really believe is such and such, and, and instead to say, hey, help me to understand better what you believe about about Jesus, or what you believe about, why, why is it that, you know, would you help me, to, but, but it's help me to understand better, so that you're coming in with a willingness to learn, even though you're not conceding the argument, you're not going to give up your, your your own convictions. But that sense that these are fellow human beings and that uh, we've got to get beyond accusations or telling people what they believe <laughs> and really try to listen to other people. So, you know, I think one thing to do when you're dropping, you get off the highway like that. And I know it may be hard in the situation, but to say to the guy, hey, how did, how do you see this having gotten started? What, was there something that I did that really made you angry? You know? Just a question like that can alter alter the nature of the conversation. Richard, 
how does the role of personal humility fit into this? Because, you know, what you just discussed is you're looking at the other person and you're saying, okay, that's a decent human being. But what about when we're so conflated? We are so certain that we're right. I'm right. I think that's an, that's 50% of the problem. Yeah, I think that is. And, and this is why, I, you know, when I think about this biblically, for me, Psalm 139 is so important that uh, at a certain point, the psalmist sounds pretty arrogant. He says, Lord, I hate your enemies with a perfect hatred. Yeah, You and me, God, we're on the same side. You can count on me. But then it's as if he stops and says, uh, just a minute. And, th- and then he says the next thing, Lord, search me mm-hmm. and know my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I, I think we have to pray that a lot, you know. Uh, Lord, I'm, 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 I've really taken a strong stand on this, or I'm inclined to, but, but just before I do that, search me and know my thoughts, you know, and see if there's something going on in me that I need to be aware of. And that, to me, should be a part of our spiritual, our, our devotional life, uh, our, our church life. And uh, self-examination is a very big thing in the Bible. And yet we do very little of that. Certainly we evangelical Christians who talk a lot about being Bible-believing, but we often lack uh, we, we lack humility. In fact, we often show a kind of arrogance. Yes. To me, Richard, uh, the, the thing about uh, civility and evangelicalism and social issues of the day is that somehow – Politics has become part of our worship life. And I'm yeah. not talking about on Sunday morning. I'm talking about, you know, life. a regular daily yeah. reading and interaction where we quickly have set up fence posts and giant borders as us versus them. And I believe it has done no one any good at all. No one. Most of all, evangelical Christians who profess Christ as Lord and Savior and want to live a life of, of goodness and humility. But you know, right, many times we're the, yeah, we're the worst offenders. Because here's the problem. We've become like the world instead yeah. of, I mean, forget, you know, nice job being salt and light. Well, I, you know, I think you're hitting at just the right thing, and that is, uh, you know, we don't we don't want to be liberals, and you know, it's oh. all about being loving and all that. But it is about being loving. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that certainly is a part of it. What does it mean for us genuinely to love our neighbor, and to love our neighbor is certainly to see our neighbor as God sees our neighbor. And it could very well be that the person that we're arguing with, say about sexuality, I, I, I had an angry conversation. A person angrily confront me because she was really upset with my more conservative views on same-sex relations. And she, she was really angry. And then a friend of hers came up to me afterward and says, you, you got to know, this, this woman was raised in a Bible church, her brother was a member of the church as well. And one time in a men's group, he confessed that he had attractions to other men and that occasionally, even though he prayed about it, he would he would mess up. And he just wanted their prayers. And two weeks later, the pastor came to him and said, if you don't stop that, you're going to go to hell. See, no. And he committed suicide. Oh, my goodness. And, and, and I look at that angry woman and I say, I don't blame her for being angry with the president of Fuller Theological Seminary, you know? I mean, I stand for something in her mind that uh, that there are deep wounds there. And so very often behind these 
these arguments are Jewish friends who who, who have two thousand years of being of, of having their people treated horribly by Christians, you know. And we, we've got to keep all those things in mind, that mm-hmm. it isn't always just about what we're arguing about, but it's about real human beings who have their own their own hopes and fears. Right. So what does that mean for an actual conversation? That means that maybe the first thing is that we talk less. That's right. And we talk more about our own journeys, you know, about, about what Jesus... Uh, means to me rather than I think Jesus hates you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I think uh, we're in an era where there's so much emphasis also on storytelling. We we haven't been very in the past. We always gave our testimonies, you know. But yeah. when I, I think to try to find ways in which we can talk about our own journeys with people. Yeah. And uh, really, really try to point them to Jesus. That was what's so wonderful. Was so wonderful about Billy Graham is that in the end he said, I, "You know, I'm I'm not here to decide who's in and out. I'm here to point people to Jesus and to take that more positive, positive approach." That's really yeah. good. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, Richard, but um, I'm just exhausted by it all, and I would prefer to sit under a tree, a shade tree, on a bench and relax and have a good conversation as opposed to sitting on my laptop and write, mm-hmm. writing off some angry screed. I mean, it does yeah. do no yeah. one any good at all. And uh, we're, we're ready to fall off a cliff here as a country. This is just, we're mm-hmm. so divisive. It's, you know, red state, blue state, liberal, progressive, conservative, you know, uh, it's just, it's a hot mess. And there's no really end or goodness in sight. I know. And I'm tired of being, I'm tired of my first priority being being right. Yeah. Yes. Or my political yes. campaign being right. right. That's right. Yeah. And that's why I, I want to say, I think you two are doing a very important thing. I mean, you know, we're not just the three of us having this conversation. There are people no. out there. And we want to encourage folks out there to, to really work on this, to pray for perspective on who we are, how people see us, uh, to think, when we're arguing about sexuality things, to, to say, look, it's one thing how you interpret Romans 1, and I'm, I, I hold to the traditional interpretation of that. But at the same time, I recognize that we have been inexcusably cruel to people yes, yes. who struggle with temptation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got we've to recognize our own histories on us. And that doesn't mean that we give up our convictions. No. But it means that one of the convictions we have is that we're sinners. And that we have come to God with a lot of baggage that, that the Lord needs to take a look at in our own lives. Who am I? And, and you know, next week, here we are. I mean, next week is my favorite week all year long. Yeah. I just love what, you know, what is called Holy Week, the yeah. the, the journey of Christ to the cross. Yeah. And it, what a wonderful way. I'm glad we've had this conversation today, Richard, that we surrender ourselves and we follow Christ along that journey as we ourselves, you know, we can be Judas, we can be Peter, we can deny and betray and all that until Christ himself has the nails in his hands and his feet. We are part of that. And how do we play all that down? We stop. We surrender. We Amen. see Christ at the cross, and we love mm-hmm. instead of bickering and fighting. Mm-hmm. And and to recognize, John, you can see that the one who went to the cross and paid the debt of our sin has suffered in all the ways that we've suffered. He's been tempted. You know, he brings a, a, a lifetime of finding out what it's like to be like us. 
and then to take the burden of that guilt to the cross. Isn't it marvelous? Surely it is. Richard, thanks. It's always a pleasure that you're with us. We really appreciate your time here. Hey, blessings to both of you, and, and I hope you have a wonderful uh, Easter celebration after the Good Friday. Fabulous. Yeah. Thank you, and you as well. Richard Mao, former president of Fuller Theological Seminary, author of Adventures in Evangelical Civility, a lifelong quest for common ground, along with many other excellent works. We'll take a quick break and come back, and um, let's talk to you. Individual results may vary. Sophia went through a lot of tutoring and got minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch-up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew I knew this was going to be the solution. Brain balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices, is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore. This is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. It has completely completely changed our lives. Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012. These are the beautiful voices of children in Haiti. They're the fortunate ones. They get to go to school. For most kids, there is no singing because life is desperately hard. Most kids don't have enough food to eat. They drink unclean water. They live in homes that are not fit for human beings, and they'll never get to attend school. But with your help, we're trying to change that sad reality. All this month, we've been asking you to help us provide food for a year and water for life for more than 900 kids. Now, many have been helped, but we're coming into the final days of our campaign, and there are still more than 300 kids on our list. So I'm asking you, if you haven't given yet, would you give now? $50 provides food for a year and water for life for one child. So how many kids can you save right now? And right now, every gift is being doubled thanks to a generous matching donor. 855-828-HOPE. 855-828-4673. 855-828-4673. Or give online by clicking the Give Life banner at wordfm.com. For over 35 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty is here. With new beauty steals every day, it's beauty's biggest event, which means it's also beauty's biggest makeup bag makeover event. And beauty's biggest, is that price real, event? And beauty's biggest, well, you get the point. At Ulta Beauty's 21 Days of Beauty, every day is a new chance to get up to 50% off our most loved brands, like It Cosmetics, Tarte, and more. But the event ends April 7th, so hurry in to binge on beauty only at Ulta Beauty.
Sly and the Family Stone. Thanks, Debbie. We were talking about songs that get us going. That's right. It's it's like if it's a Friday and you think, okay, I just have to finish Boom. working and then it's my weekend, what song do you want to put on? That's a great song, Sly and the Family Stone. That's good. Good call, Debbie. Yeah, very nice. Hey, what about New Mike? Did you, do you have one? What do you got? But, Mike, Mike, you like this one, didn't you? Because who doesn't like that? I mean, can't not like that. No. Okay, okay, so you find yours, New Mike, and then you can play Come back around again. Okay. Hey, so today is National Puppy Day. Yes, it is. And congratulations to all of you who have puppies. Yes. Uh, You yourself, Kath, in all your long life, have you ever owned a puppy? Never have had a puppy. You've never? No. Never owned a puppy. I never had a pet until I was uh, 25 years old. Hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. That's almost child abuse. Mm. I mean, I did have a lot of tropical fish. Yeah. They don't give you a lot of love. In no, return. no, they don't. No. No pets, no cats, no dogs, Nothing. no hamsters even. No, uh, I, I borrowed the hamster from the uh, sixth grade classroom overnight mm-hmm. uh, when uh, when that was my turn. That is sad. That's all I had. One of the coolest things I ever had. Uh, we had a dog, um, a family dog. We had many. But one of our dogs, Chip, uh, had had babies, had little puppies. Hmm. And I was there for the birthing. I was maybe like 12 or 13. And she was like, no, anybody else come around. But because she was my dog. And I got to see these puppies born. Oh, it was oh, fabulous. that's really wonderful. It was great. And then, you know, you put out at the time, you put out little flyers in the neighborhood. Who wants a puppy? And you're able to give like six or seven of these little babies away. That's sweet, John. Cool. Yeah. Okay, here's something weird. I bet very few people can say this. Hmm. I was bitten by a dog... <laughs> Named Buttons on two different Christmas days. <laughs> Whose dog was that? No, no, no. Two different dogs. Two different dogs by the name Both of Buttons. Both by the name of Buttons bit me on Christmas Day. That's really weird. Now, I, could, I don't know if that contributed to the fact that I never had a dog, yeah. but it, it might be up there. Or you never wanted to be a seamstress. <laughs> One of those things. Right. They were both beagles. Okay. Yeah, beagles. Yeah, I don't want a beagle. Okay, well, let's talk about breeds then because uh, I, I have not. the American uh, Canine Society list of the top 10 breeds that people like in America. Fabulous. Is okay. my, uh, is my uh, We have two dogs. We have two dogs in our family. One of them is a mutt that we got at the pound who is the sweetest, craziest, we call her the most pathetic dog in the history of the universe. Mm-hmm. And she truly is. Miss Ruby. Yes. And the other dog is Gus, who was given to us by a friend because two of these dogs that she owned did not get along. So she was ready to jettison the more um, uh, aggressive of the two. Mm-hmm. And so we got this uh, cardigan Welsh corgi that came to our family. Who is Majestically and beautiful. As, as it could possibly be. Okay, yeah. I want to give you the top 20, okay. actually. 20? Yeah, because there are good ones in here okay. I want to talk we about. time? We got okay, time for 20? Yeah, number 20 is the Shih Tzu. Please don't swear. Number 19 is the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. <laughs> like, who's got time for that? Number 18 is the Pembroke Welsh Corgi. Uh-huh, that's the Queen's Corgis. Yeah, okay, so are those the black? The smaller. Are those the little ones? They're tan. Are they Are they tan and yes, white? Yes, okay. but they can be black as well. But they are, the Queen always has those small little... They're kind of yappers, but they're very nice dogs. They're very and they're low riders. Yes. Okay. That's number eighteen. Mm-hmm. Seventeen miniature, miniature Schnauzer. Okay. Sixteen Australian Shepherd. Oh, I had a, a partial Australian Shepherd. Very very smart dog. By the name of Mick. Mm. Um, and other than Gussie, my favorite dog of all time. Oh, but I can't say that out yeah, loud because what about Chip and exactly because so, then they're, no, they're going to be. Good. And what about who? <laughs> what was the dog with the tumor? <laughs> Cindy. Cindy. <laughs> Come dragging over here. Come here, Sid. What are you dragging down the street? That's a childhood story from John (laughs) Hall. Cindy, is that a bag of flour? Oh, no, that's that's your tumor. 
Good gravy. All right, we'll take a break. Okay. All right. Stick around. I don't know. You brought up the dogs. I'm just filling in the blanks. I've led a long life full of variety. No, it's been terrible. Terrible image in my head right now. Very good dog. Very, very good. Died in the first day of school. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 4646 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 4646. In places around the world. There are elders who long for community, connection, and the opportunity to live with greater dignity. Sponsor an elder through Unbound and help bring a brighter tomorrow to one person who has helped us all build a better world. Meet one at Unbound.org. Of course you're playing this. That's a good one, Mike. That's yours. This is mine. Mm-hmm. Who's Dell? I want to know that. He says, Tom Petty says, me and Dell were singing. Who's Dell? Yeah, his buddy hanging it's out. his friend dog with a tumor. <laughs> we left that behind. Okay. All right. We're talking about the top breeds okay. of dogs. Yeah, it's National Puppy Day. Okay. Talking about this is according to the American Canine Society. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the top 15. These mm-hmm. are the most popular dogs in America. Okay. Number 15, Doberman Pinscher. Oh, very nice. 14, I'm surprised this is as high as it is. Great Dane. I'm surprised that many people can manage a dog that big. You need a lot of space. You sure do. For a Great Dane. 14. And in the other extreme, number 13 is a Dachshund. Oh, I like a little wiener sure, dog. Sure, of course yeah, you do. Kind of yippy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they're so the, cute. Wiener dogs they're, are cool. Their cuteness kind of outweighs the yip. You don't like a wiener dog. Mike's in there shaking Mike his head like, no, dog. don't we don't, we don't like those wiener dogs. <laughs> 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 totally uncool dog. <laughs> no, that's tw- a cool dog. Number tw- no, not, it listen, is. Number 12 is a Siberian Husky. That's yes. a cool and that's a cool dog. No, no, it's not. Oh, yeah. I had one of those. those no, awesome. no. Why? Because people are trying what? too hard with Siberian Husky? Just, uh, what? Too much hair. Uh, I don't, There's a lot of hair. I don't think uh, there, so. That's no, a good no. point. There's a lot of hair. I don't like that. 11, uh, German short-haired pointer. Oh, they're very nice dogs. Yeah. 10, a boxer. See, I'm afraid of them. Why? Just because, I don't know. To me, it's like a slobber factor. Yeah, it is. I mean, they've been bred for that smashed-in look, and those poor things have all those breathing difficulties, Mm -hmm. and oh, my goodness gracious. Nine, Yorkshire Terrier. Exactly. A Yorkshire Terrier. I don't know what that looks like. How can this be as high as it is? The eighth uh, rank is Rottweiler. Well, just because they're so ubiquitous. Right, because they're my protection. They're everywhere, right? Yeah. Seven, Poodle. It doesn't say what kind. A giant poodle. I like, I like a, a giant standard, poodle. A standard poodle. A big, big, yeah. yeah, me too. I like that. I think they're very. Uh, they're, they seem very intelligent. Mm-hmm. They say, they don't shed at all. 
They don't? No. Really? Mm-mm. I think they're ugly. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Mike, come on. Oh, it's all about looks to you. Yeah. I like golden doodles. Yeah. Golden. What's a golden doodle? So that's not like a really a dog. Retriever. That's not really a dog. It no, it's is like a lab and a poodle mix. That's like a Frankenstein experiment a, is what that is. Now, okay. every dog is super fluffy. I, mean, I guess you're right. Number six, French bulldog. Talk about the slobber fest. Yeah. We've got a French bulldog in our family. Do you? Yeah, my nephew out in Portland. I mean, can you believe how much they slobber? How about the, the They're that's so the adorable, dog that died but... on the United Airlines flight? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we're running out of time. Okay. Uh, five, Beagle. Okay, uh, I don't like a Beagle. Four, bu- four, Bulldog. Okay. Three, Golden Retriever. Mm-hmm. Two, German Shepherd. Yes. And the number one most popular dog in America on yes. National Puppy Day, Labrador Retriever. A lab. Yeah. That's a great Great choice. Yeah. Is that a red lab? I agree with that. Right? You can get a red lab or a, a black, black lab. One. Yeah. Brown lab. Very nice. Chocolate. I, and I like a German Shepherd. I had a friend who had a German Shepherd named Caesar, who the poor baby had uh, hip dysplasia. What's well, cheery? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm John Hall. Welcome to the Hip Dysplasia Show. I can't get there from here. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.